Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Frost and my guest today is Louisa Milne-Home. Louisa is one of Scotland's top event riders. And with the weather becoming quite miserable now, she's going to share her winter training techniques, what she feeds her horses, how she looks after them, and an insight into her competing, including her top horse, King Ida. This is Horse Hour. Today, I'm talking to the lovely Louisa Milne Home. She is one of Scotland's top event riders and has been running her competition yard based in Scotland. So uh, not many of us managed to get up to Scotland, so I can't wait to hear what it's like over there. She graduated with BSc Honours from the Royal Agricultural College in 2001. And in this time, she's produced six horses to advanced level, three of them from four-year-olds. There's a lot more that I could actually introduce you with. Louisa but I'd love for you to share with us your story how are you yeah no all good so yes this is a little bit of a different afternoon's entertainment for me (laughs) normally normally teaching or or riding so it's quite nice to be inside especially when it's a bit of a wild wild day up here so um, Mm. yeah any excuse to get in a cup of tea and a friendly chat yeah (laughs) and And, and all about me (laughs) (laughs) Well, well first of all tell me about Scotland I mean why did you choose Scotland as your place to base yourself um so I was born up here born and was at school up here and pony club so Scotland is home um but I did go south for uni and which which I loved um but basically all my owners are based up here and it's a lovely place to live <laughs> so you know, really it? yeah it's just so nice for the horses there yeah top of the hill great turnout all the time try at the door hack up the road onto the hills so it's amazing for getting them fit and yeah so facility wise we're really really lucky um slight downside is the amount of travel and uh, yeah the yeah the older you get the more you notice <laughs> the uh, the amount of time spent in the lorry traveling and and especially when you've got good horses and then, then you mm. really do have to travel but yeah I'm I've got a good network and good owners and and they're all based up here occasionally we have southern you know southern owners too but so so it's just yeah it's nice for them to see their horses running and so I think sometimes the payoff of having I don't have to box them up to go galloping I just try out the door and up the road and mm. um yeah I think some of the what I get from being here I would lose from being in the south and so, so it's, well the yeah. first thing is considering you're from Scotland you don't have a Scottish accent no I failed on my Scottish accent <laughs> 
but yeah, no, lived here, lived here all my life. Um, uh, and but just been to school, been to school here and everything. But yeah, no, so so yeah, just, just keep it well hidden. And then the second thing is, um, although the land is stunning, it's really beautiful in Scotland. You have such harsh weather conditions. So I, I'm really interested to know if that if that impacts on your horse. Well, yeah, yes, um, but it's quite good because, like, well, today we've been busy riding in a hurricane wind and things like that. So you do just have to kind of get on with it and get going. I, I find we don't really give the horses a big holiday in the winter because you just never know how much time you're going to lose if for some reason it does snow for a month or something. But I, we actually live just into the snow line. So basically, if it snows, we get snow. But actually, that's sometimes better because if it's just icy, it's quite a nightmare to deal mm. with yeah it's you yeah it's much it's not very safe um whereas if it's actual proper full-on puffy nice white snow it's fantastic and a couple of years ago we had we had it really bad but the horses were i've never had them quite so fit at the beginning of the season because i'd literally do two laps around the the fields um and it was like having them in a it, I, it was just my own water treadmill. Um, so instead of <laughs> instead of having to spend sixty five thousand putting in a water treadmill, I just just waved at the snow, and they had knee deep snow to trot around in. And um, yeah, so they got really fit and really, really well muscled up that year. But other times it can be a real nightmare because it's just ice, and and then that's tricky, and then you can't get the horses out. And mm. yeah, um, so yeah, it throws up it throws up a few a few issues, and and I think makes it a bit more difficult to really. But, you know, to be really, you're, we, we don't start competing up here as early as they do in the south. So we nearly always go down to Lincoln and Osby and things like that yeah. to get started well, a little bit earlier. You're lucky because a lot of the events are in the middle of the country anyway, um, in the Midlands and things. So I guess it's halfway. Well, halfway at six hours. It's oh. quite a long halfway. <laughs> um, so down to Lincoln and Osby is like seven seven hours. So it's quite quite a long a long trip, but yeah. but. You know, you take if you take enough horses, then then that's fine. And and actually, sometimes I, you know, started using a lot of the local hunter trials again and things up here um, for the younger horses, which yeah, great. They get them out and they see some really interesting things, and um, and sometimes a little bit trickier for their their level. You know, they have to jump into water a bit more. So so actually, you just tailor it a little bit to suit what you want yeah it sounds like you're quite good you're, you, you know when I say good I mean you know for for me in the south I'm quite lucky I think that it's quite warm down here so I can ride for most of the year but you get a little bit of wind a little bit of rain and a little bit of hard ground and everyone goes no you can't canter on hard ground you've got to be really careful you've got to protect your horse's legs and and I don't know anybody that would go out hacking in the snow when actually I really like the fact that you say well it's good for the horse it you know it keeps them fit Maybe yeah, we shouldn't no. be so molly coddling them. Well, I remember like a long time ago, somebody saying, um, and I don't think it's quite the case anymore, but that um, the German horses, when they came over, used to have a lot of problems um, running on the British tracks because um, they just ran on really sandy conditions in Germany. Um, and so it was a very con- consistent track. Um, and then when they came over and they ran over a bit more undulating ground here, they, they had a lot of leg injuries and things because they were just used to running on a flat track and that the horses weren't used to their foot landing slightly out of balance. You know, and, I, and I think that is, is relevant. So we actually canter them up on the hill um, in heather, which again, I find is amazing. So again, they have to pull themselves out of the heather 
they don't really know what they're landing on. Mm. And um, but also, if the ground's hard, they get a bit of cushioning because of the heather. If the ground's really soft, it actually keeps them off the off the thing. So it's not not great. It's not it's not <laughs> ideal. But again, you're conditioning the horse to deal with. You know, it strengthens the legs in in a whole heap of directions and varieties. So so I think um, yeah, sometimes just riding on one surface really doesn't help the horses because their their legs are just conditioned to that surface and they're not used to to slight variations mm. in going around but but obviously yeah. we don't want everybody going and cantering down the road that on tarmac because that. that's definitely going to damage your horse's legs yeah so yeah it might, it might really prepare you for the really rock hard ground but no no i mean everything in moderation and and again you need to you know we've we've cantered on that hill for a long time and i know exactly you know when and where is a good place to go and mm. so and and actually now we do spend a lot more time just on on the fields closer to home just because again it's more consistent and when you've got a lot of horses you, you know you do have to have good ground and you want the horses to last and but yeah i think it's everything in moderation what's interesting though is is you using the land around you to get your horse fit and for different reasons so um you know I came into riding very late Uh, I was 28 when I bought my first horse and very much in the mindset of you can school in the school hacking's for fun but you only stick to the tracks and you'd be very careful about anything because you could die at any time (laughs) (laughs) so I I, I'm loving hearing loving hearing people's journeys and experiences of what they do what they do and it, you know lately I've learned about um hacking up hills and and tr- and it, just expanding the horizons a little bit the, the different surfaces I think is a great idea what what else do you think you you do with your training that might be a little bit different that we could take away with us and maybe give it a go um like do you do you jump loads of logs one of my friends she's brilliant when she goes out hacking she just looks for trees on the ground whilst if i tried to jump that with blackjack i guess it changes with what horse you've got but if i tried to jump that because we go through poles rather than over them um we'd both end up flat on our back <laughs> um we um i i i don't quite well when we were on the ponies we were kind of a bit nuts we'd yeah no, anything and everything was fair game you know like so oh look there's a stream down there we'll go for that <laughs> oh look there's a gate there let us try and jump that and oh we yeah we've, uh, we've had some we had some fairly entertaining times with the ponies but yeah now it's a little bit more kind of um yeah a bit more self-preservation about it all and <laughs> and trying to keep the horses all on a bit of a level but then saying that I had one that was not very keen on water last year and literally every puddle every stream every anything I could find I was like right oh there's a puddle come on let's go in there and then took it down to the beach and took it yeah so anytime there was anything new anything different and and again making it go scrambling down kind of muddy banks and into a burn at the bottom and up again just because so that it was like oh you I can trust you that you're not that you're being a bit like optimistic that why would I want to go down this muddy bank but it would trust me that it you know so by this year and it's not had a problem all year with water but um wow. yeah because I think you just were like anything and everything whereas some of the others I wouldn't do that with but mm. um yeah no we definitely but we we stick to quite a routine we we go jumping pretty much every Wednesday with the horses I have the guy that I train with along um with Alistair Gatherer along at St Andrews they have an amazing big arena it's just huge um and it's just by the sea and um so we take them take them down there so I do like to keep a kind of a, a set routine with them all and basically 
very I do do exercise jumping exercises at home little exercises to help them turn and keep them kind of more consistent on their uh, rhythm and things like that but but in general I actually just really like jumping courses because I you know that's what you need to that's not what you need to be good at there's no mm. point in being good at jumping a grid um you, you need to be good at jumping a uh, jumping a course so so I think um you know just getting out and having enough space and being in the arena in a small arena is really quite confining and you can it's good for exercises but I don't think it it really helps you ride courses mm. so if you're as soon as the weather's good I think everyone should get their jumps out in the field and start jumping in the field and jump courses rather than the little ex you know every now and then an exercise but but if you again just jump a grid you think oh, I can jump 120 but you can jump 120 when it's kind of controlled for you all the way up to 120 you know you, your whole approach to that fence is 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 monitored and you, you need to be able to kind of canter around the corner and and just and just jump that you know not worry <laughs> that 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 fence is there you know so so again cool I, I find that jumping courses is it's really important and and yeah getting out and and especially if horses are a little bit fresh when you get to competitions, you know, go and ride them and practice your dressage in, in the fields. And mm. and I and I've definitely found the more now that you know sometimes you can be a bit lazy and you turn up and you just ride your dressage test at the show, at the show. But actually, if you put an arena out and run through that dressage test two or three times the day before, suddenly nothing. It's not a surprise, and you can manage that test a lot better than than you could if you just boxed up and. Mm. Oh, I know how to trot. I know how to canter. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, so pra- <laughs> practice, practice, practice. How how do you remember all your courses and remember all your dressage tests? Because you've got three things to remember. Not only do you have to remember your dressage test, then you've got to remember what courses you have um, in the show jumping. And then you have to remember which way and which lines for the cross country. I'm like, my brain can't even cope with one of those. Um, uh, well, and, then, uh, and then you've got three horses at the same time. <laughs> Um, I have I have been known to go wrong um, <laughs> um, sometimes when I really shouldn't um I, I used to be terrible like when I was little and it's um I, I'm quite dyslexic and uh, so I think it, I used to oh I was bad when I was little and you know we like quite a lot of pony club kids you know we'd have the we'd get on our bikes and pedal around the dressage practice practice the dressage on our bikes or run around the lawn trying to learn it and um yeah you'd get complete brain freeze you'd trot down the center line and you'd just be like left right left right left right left right oh my god I don't know and then you'd maybe pick the right one which wasn't even a good thing because then you were like now what now what? oh my god oh my god and, um, but anyway luckily I've got a lot better and I think you get a bit of a residual sort of knowledge as it were so so if I'm having to do be a hundred um, 95 I can't remember I mean I wouldn't know what that test was but as soon as I read it I'm like oh okay mm. so I kind of then call it up quite quickly and yes I'd have to read through it again and kind of look at it but there is in the back of my mind yeah I can I'm like oh yeah I've got a fairly good idea how. so you have a bit of a base knowledge I suppose of it and then and then I always find that again I have to I, I read the tests just before I go to sleep um which pretty much sends me to sleep as well um but <laughs> so I um, I make sure that like the last thing I do at night is read the tests and um and I find that's a really good way of getting it mm. to to stay I mean I'd still read it again in the morning or whatever but you know, I, I would read the tests before I go to sleep so that that, as I'm going to sleep, I'm thinking, right, okay, cut down centre, turn left, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Um, and then luckily, kind of cross-country course-wise, generally that's, I can, yeah, I've 
again, I can pick that up quite quickly and I can walk a few courses at once. And again, I think that because you've, I've been around for a little bit, you know that, so if I'm at a, at a sort of up to sort of novice, you know, I might have some, some hundreds and novice and an intermediate. I've probably been to that course before. So you have, again, a bit of a knowledge of the area and, and the jumps and the positionings. So I can walk maybe the three courses together and mix and match and and no but again I really like to then look at the the map before I go cross country so I'll get the program and look at the map and make sure that that I've walked all the jumps and <laughs> and and that I again have a little moment to think it all through and mm. and and do it and again before I get on for dressage too I I mum or the grooms tack up the horse and I just take a moment to just okay which test and try you know and sort of just sort of shut myself either in the living or even the loo of the lorry because you sort of get some peace um, so that nobody's walking in and out and you just get a moment to kind of think and I think again before you go cross country it's quite important to just just have have time to kind of think of what you're what you're going to do and how you're going to do it but especially if you've walked to a lot of courses and you're mm. like where might I be going a, a really good bit of advice especially if you do have things like dyslexia and you get confused with your numbers and your letters um is the using the voice app you know the voice recorder on your phone uh for oh, yeah. mine used to uh, read the test or she'd get a friend to read the test and she'd listen to them in her ears while she was doing it while she was practicing and she felt that but, worked really well because yeah, it went yeah. straight into her head yeah and well I like kind of the kind of visualize it so I'll draw it a lot so mm. I will write out the num- you know the letters and I'll draw it I can't so I think if I kind of see it that kind of works kind of well well yeah. for me so luckily I, you know every now and then we do have a little glitch but generally we've <laughs> uh, yeah we're now now it's yeah pretty pretty much pretty much pretty good the other thing is baffling is when you've been used to riding in one arena and then you have to go and do the test in another arena and the test is almost like upside down Um, the arena is like upside down where you know c isn't where it was in your arena which can be quite confusing so i think sometimes getting out and doing it in different places that also helps yeah yeah and, visual, and I think visualization is a huge part to riding a good test and things. So, mm. so before a big competition, you know, like if you've been to one of the championship ones before, if you can kind of visualize exactly which way you you go in. So at badminton or Burley, you know that you what you drop down and what you look at and which sort of way you're going. And so again, just sort of visualizing the right end of the arena so that before you get there, you like yeah I remember you drop down and it's down there straight that way mm. um, and I think that's yeah so visualization is a huge part is a really good part to improving your kind of whole performance really and it can help prevent the mind blank because that's like sheer panic isn't it <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no <laughs> a cold sweat a yeah. Bit of, oh. <laughs> yeah it's not a nice feeling <laughs> so where, where have you ridden this year what events uh, did you go to uh, well, the, so uh, King Ida was at Burley in the autumn, which was which was which was the big the big party for this year. He also went to Bramham and uh, Burgham, and where else did he go? He had those were his big parties really this year. And he's um, your superstar and, horse, isn't he? He's he's the he's the main man. Yeah, he's the <laughs> total pro. Yeah, no, he's amazing. So he's he's he he missed. He should have gone to badminton too, but just missed the cut because he'd had a. A year and a bit off, he'd lost a lot of FEI points, and and yeah, annoyingly with badminton, FEI points really count, whereas the other force does. It's not such a big year as long as they're qualified, they're qualified. Mm. Um, but badminton really 
does get affected by FEI points. And when the horses have been off, even if they've got a really good track record, it doesn't matter. They, you know, they lose their FEI points and back down the pile you go. Oh, no. And, and what was wrong with him? Uh, so he had injured himself at Hopeton, the, yeah, just after badminton in 2015. So yeah, so he'd, he'd hurt a hind leg and, and yeah, he was never lame and was still in work, but just wasn't kind of up and fully, um, up and fully partying much Mm -hmm. to his rage. Um, so he was very happy to be back at Burnley. He definitely thought that was, that was, that was all right. Um, but then yes, really sadly, he then, um, was amazing cross country and just felt, yeah, just, he's, he's 17 now and yeah, he just felt like, yeah, he just felt better than, better than ever basically because he's, that was his fifth time round there and he was just like, oh yeah, now you hop over Cotswold Loop and then you hop over this and yeah, <laughs> so he, he actually felt amazing and, but sadly, yeah, just, um, just a bit sore on the, on the Sunday, um, which was, was a bit of a shock all round because yeah, he has been unbelievably sound and so I think we were all like, what? He's mm. never, you know. Where I think you know you see lots of people working really hard on their horses overnight to make sure that they're not stiff and sore, and because he I think finds the whole thing really quite easy, he's um yeah he's like oh yeah so now we go show jumping and you're like <laughs> what just come out sore oh my god what do oh. we do so uh, but anyway he's 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 on good form and um, hopefully we'll be back again soon. And how long have you had him? We bought him as a four year old um, from Alistair Gatherer where who I where I show jump um, and actually saw him as a two-year-old he came over they bought him as a two-year-old and um so we mum saw him well we all saw him as he came, when he came over mum's like oh i really like that one <laughs> he was like, really it's absolutely enormous and um and unbelievably thin with this huge head because he was so thin so um mm. he he just looked and you were like anyway she kept kept we all kept some an eye on him every week that we were down and she was like i like it I really like it. Like, you better put your money where your mouth is so, um and so so she bought him and yeah and he has been a real real superstar um he's he's not bred to event in the slightest he's by too long which is a show jumper by heartbreaker and and uh yeah is 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 a belgian warm blood through and through there is not a jot of thoroughbred in there but he absolutely <laughs> just he just loves it and mm-hmm. um so he's not he's not a speed machine but he's he just wants to um wants to go and wants to jump and and is he, love. Is he careful ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, yeah, no, he's careful. Yeah, so, mm. so, 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 so jumps good. So, so he's jumped, he, yeah, he, he's jumped double clear at Badminton and Burley. And, um, and I think, in, what was it? I think 2013, when the year when it was where Badminton just wiped out everyone, he was only one of six horses to jump to complete Badminton and Burley and things. So he is just an out and out jumper. So he's, oh, wow. yeah, so we've had, um, we've had a lot of, lot of, lot of fun with him. And, yeah, and he's got a great fan base, which is really nice. So he, because I think he's quite unusual, and 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 he does he does have a lot of presence. So so he, so he, he makes sure everyone notices when he arrives. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I'm meant to be here. <laughs> he sounds beautiful, and he sounds like he has quite a lovely temperament to go with him. And um, but what's really nice is that you've trained him from four to seventeen, which is incredible. So all that work is down to you solely. I love that. Yeah, well, no, I, I, yeah, and which is, which I think, you know, that makes, yeah, the, yeah, he's never gone away. He's never done anything else. He's been, and so, yeah, we do know him inside out. He, he's, he really rules the roost here and, you know, he doesn't really like to pee in his stable. So he'll bang the door and, you know, okay, must open the door, take him out, take him for a pee. <laughs> he's got a horse that's house trained. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a shame he's not sort of small or we could probably bring him inside and then he, um, and, and he likes, um, he, he quite likes, we wash all the buckets out after the horses have been fed and he, he's like, yeah. I, I, and then that, that to him, I think is like Robinson's, um, juice you know like it's like flavored water so he's like <laughs> i'll be having that so you have to then hold up the bucket let him drink all the kind of the the, the sort of the the, the wash out the mm. buckets but which has got all the kind of a bit of nuts and a bit of chaff kind of floating around <laughs> anyway um so yeah he, he's got he's got quite a few quirks and you definitely have to lock the door pretty quickly or he's or he's away you know like and he's got and his fencing is exceptionally high to keep him in so yeah so there's uh yes he's uh he's he's he's, he's, got, he's full of character <laughs> is he a stallion or is he a gelding he's a he's a gelding oh so you know? can't breed from him what a shame no no sadly but it's amazing you know the power of facebook and um the his his breeders um yeah follow him on facebook and things so so it's it's nice now that that the, one of the nice things about Facebook is that people can keep tra- track of all the horses mm. that they bred, and he was the first one out of that mare, and um, and his brothers and sisters have done well. One jumped at, at Grand Prix in America, and so they they've all been show jumpers. His brothers and sisters. Um, so so anyway, so it's nice to see that the his owner, his, well his breeders. Yeah, still follow, still follow him, and um, yeah, and that's happened a few times with a few other horses that you just suddenly see that um, a breeder will pop up and be like, "Oh, I've got the brother of, I've got the full brother of that <laughs> one, or whatever," and you're like, "Yeah, no, don't want another one." Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I would love another, would love another King Ida. Though. So yes, if they have another, um, I think his full sister um, was had a couple of foals, and I was always kind of meant to keep it track of what they were doing but mm. haven't, haven't managed to one day you never know one christmas yeah. present they could turn up on your yeah. doorstep <laughs> I know. 
nice fluffy horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you produce King Ida, but don't you also do you also produce horses for grassroots riders too? Um, yeah, occasionally. So basically, most of the horses that are in the yard are are owned by owners, and um, so I will uh, and and a few belong to us, and so. Most of the time, we buy them with the hope that they will all turn into amazing four-star <laughs> horses. Um, and then, just to know, every now and then, you, you know, something just doesn't isn't quite quite good enough. But so, nearly everything that I buy, if I buy it for myself, I like to buy it with with the view that there's a that there'll be a market for it, and that it's that it's a nice horse, a nice person, and a nice you know that it would suit an amateur if if it didn't go quite quite far enough so mm. so yeah so we have got um we've got nice horses that we've started that are out doing things with with um with with, with amateurs and things which is fun and it's nice and it and you know sometimes it just really suits the horse a little bit better and it's nice for them to have somebody that you know is there you know the horse becomes their their one focus and their one pride and joy you know rather than you think you know it, whereas it might not have been the the biggest and flashiest one in the yard so you're kind of like a, you know it really deserve it's such a nice horse it deserves having a nice home so it's nice to see them find nice homes and although generally if they belong to me they, they do their utmost to make sure that they they don't they that they they all like to seem to retire here basically so, <laughs> so i'm like oh you could go and do a job no 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 we'll stay here thanks and you're like oh god um, so i've got a I've got I've got two two retirees in the field at the moment, which uh, yeah, and they're so they they're like um, they have they have it really easy. They've got an absolutely massive field, and the amount of distance they cover, like it's like a, a wild prairie practically that they live in. It's sort of um, I, I think it's, it should be animal safaris soon. They sort of <laughs> they roam around this huge huge field. So so yes, it's not not really surprising they don't want to go anywhere. No, but how yeah. lovely that you get to keep hold of them and see you know see them into their retirement because you spend all day every day with them. So you must build a relationship and a bond with all the horses. Yeah yeah no I think we we have quite a small yard of about you know mo- mostly up to sort of ten. So so the horses are like in they are all dealt with by me you know they're not I ride them all and yes we have a girl you know groom that helps us and things and mum and uh but but every day you know I'll bring them in, you know I'll help to bring them from the field I'll help to brush them you know so and I'm like my occasionally and things that you know so so you're doing everything you know like like as if it was just your horse you know mm. so that as it, they're not just a yard horse they you know you you we're dealing with them all day and, you know, feeding them late at night, you know, we do the late feeds at night and things. So, so yeah, you, you, you do know, you know, you know them all well. So, so yes. And if they've worked hard for you, it's nice to be able to keep them. But at the same time, sometimes they love to step down a level and give somebody else mm. a bit of fun. So mm. find the right person for that. It's good too. Yeah. I wouldn't be the right person. I'd be so overhorsed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you see, we see these amazing riders. I think part of the issue is that quite often now amateurs are overhorsed with horses. Um, you know, we, it would be amazing for us to all look at you and go, wow, I want to do that. Let's go, let's go buy, you know, King Ida and, um, and go running around Burley. But actually it's so easy to forget that you've had him since he was four, you know, there's this whole over a decade of training and working together and learning together 
and and I, and I worry for those that are trying to cut corners that they're going to end up hurting themselves or their horses. Yeah, no, I think it right, and it because it takes a long time to kind of build up a bond with them, and you know, I need to forget how big and powerful these kind of the top horses are. You know, mm. like there's not many of them that just you know make it easy for for an amateur to get onto. You know, um, I you know I, I, King Ida just does. You know, I think jumping him he doesn't. I, I don't. Well, I don't think you'd get a dressage test. I should be at lower level in a snaffle. You just disappear off. You know, I think if I put a wee teenager on him and and suggested they did a dressage test, I don't think they'd be on the bit, and they probably have. They probably have left the showground before they um, <laughs> they did. And um, yeah, and you know that he bucks and he mucks around, but I, you know, how far that goes. And um, so yeah, so it's, it's it is sometimes difficult to, for them to to drop down. And, you know, you know, safely, they're used to jumping huge fences and for them, jumping 100 fence is not even a fence, you know, so they don't respect it and they can, they can be a little bit kamikaze. So, mm. so yeah, so I don't really see him drop. I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't know when he'll, you know, I don't know what, whether he will ever drop down to, to that kind of level. Um, but, you know, every now and then you get the right one that, that loves, you know, gives somebody a huge amount of experience and they mm. drop down well. But, yeah, it is, it is always a, it's, it's you do have to be careful how you, you match up something that's uh, retiring with, or just needing to step down with, yes, with the expectations of some of, of somebody because they're, they're, they're quite powerful. Mm. I guess that's where your coaching comes in too, though, doesn't it? Because then it's, it's, it must be easier for you to match up because you're used to coaching people. You know what suits them. Yeah, yeah. And, um, um, and but occasionally, you know, I've taken people to look at horses and be like, oh, this will be great. You'll love this one. And you see them on and you're like, nope 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 nope. (laughs) let's just get back off um just uh yeah just overhorsed and overpowered and then it's not fun and i think people you know there's so many lovely flashy moving horses but actually they're nice little cobs that you can lead for a week and you get back on people have so much fun with that and i think people yeah that's what people should be looking for it's just a nice fun horse Mm. not kind of too much flash Mm. and then total terror and no fun because i guess fun helps build confidence too doesn't it if you're not enjoying it then you're going to lose your confidence and and it will get harder yeah and you won't want to get you know you've just got to want to get out of bed to go and do your horse and if if it slightly frightens you Mm. you're not going to be in any rush to go out and do it whereas if you have something that you're really confident on and it's not you don't feel that it's trying to run away with you or deck you or spin round or whatever you you, you know, then you then you enjoy getting on it and going and having lessons and you know you can go and ride with other people and know that it's going to you know if it, if it's too too much horses you know you don't want to go on no a nice not. beach ride on something because something, you're like oh god I just well, I'll just stay in the arena and that's when you know, which, which then doesn't build your whole experience mm. and you know your way of riding because because you you're you're too you know you get stuck in the arena you don't want to go hacking because god knows what will happen we wrapped around a tree somewhere so so yeah so i think you've got to got to get it right what is it that you enjoy the most about eventing because you you come across as so passionate about it it's lovely um i just actually like seeing how good the horses can be i actually really enjoy all of it i i don't go out and do a lot of dressage dress pure dressage competitions Mm -hmm. um but i really enjoy training at home and and then and then doing my dressage tests and things um eventing wise I really enjoy that but I you know I enjoy the training aspect of that at home and have you know like you know merrily practice away at that and then and show jumping 
yeah, I just get more, I've got more and more into it. So I, on its own, I enjoy that. And then, yeah, and then the cross country, when, when you, yeah, it's just nice to see how the horses come on and, and take it on. And, you know, to begin with, it, you know, 100 looks huge. And then, then you're like, oh, got this novice nailed. And then suddenly you're an intermediate. Then on up, and you're like, oh, bloody hell, this one's a really good one. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah, so I think it's just taking your time and building it all up. But, no, I, 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 I yeah, the whole, whole round experience of it, I, I actually enjoy it all. And I think it keeps the horses kind of, but it keeps you pushing the horses forward and you know and trying to expand how much you can learn and how much the horse can learn you soon realize that um that every day you're kind of learning something and pushing yourself a little bit further to push the horses a little bit further in in what they can do and yeah so yeah and how correct you are in your position and how you ride so yeah i you just feel that you it's a funny sport in that, you know, normally, you know, if you're a gymnast, you'd just be getting too stiff and too old. Whereas <laughs> with eventing or riding in general, you, you can just keep keep learning and and improving. And so the more years you're in it, the more experience you've built up and the and the and the better you can get, as long as you can keep kind of yeah, as long as you keep brave and keep your <laughs> keep your nerves under control. And keep your fitness up as well, because that's sometimes something that we lose as we get older, isn't it? Yeah, sadly. Yeah, so so now I do a lot more. Yeah, I do yoga and things now, which I didn't used to. And um, I I have um, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I probably should do a bit of running and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think generally generally I ride enough horses. But again, that is a big issue. Um, is is being is being fit enough because yeah, otherwise halfway around the course you're not helping the horses. So um, generally, I've always felt fit enough, but. But um, I think yeah, probably getting older, it, it's uh, <laughs> not just quite as easy. It's not, you're, you don't just want to run around quite as much as you used to. No. Hula hooping, yeah. this is my new thing, hula hooping. It's amazing. Yeah. You can do it at home when you've got five minutes. And it's so good for your core strength. And actually, it gets your heart rate up as well. So I do that whilst um, watching my guilty pleasure <laughs> EastEnders. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Well, cheer up EastEnders, no end. So you're sponsored, you've got amazing sponsors and owners who we hear time and time again, you know, you couldn't do it without them and without their support. You're sponsored by Robinson Animal Healthcare and Top Spec as well. So Robinson Animal Healthcare, they've been manufacturing for years and they provide animal first aid wound care, absorbents, including things like animal intex and veterinary Gamgee. I've heard of Gamgee. What does it do? Well, well Gamgee is really just a bit of a, a stable bandage, really, pretty much. So it's like you're, you're um, wrapping around. So if you've got a, a really nasty cut, it's, it's sort of what you would put under. Well, you'd have your dressing and then your Gamgee and then your vet wrap or whatever to, to wrap it on. So it's your kind of padding to stop so that you don't pr- have too much pressure around the wounds and to keep your bandage nice and even. So, um, and quite often, so people would travel horses with Gamgee, you know, like, so before we got to the point where we would um, just have these nice quick uh, travel bandages, a uh, travel, you know, where you Velcro them on, you would have put Gamgee and then a, and then a stable bandage on to travel the horses, um, which would then give a nice even pressure, support the leg. So the Gamgee is just a padding you know, underneath the bandage that will support the leg but um yeah your animal intex is is vital to all horse ones and that's what you would use like to poultice so if the horse has got an abscess for abscess then out comes your animal intex and uh, that gets put on and that will help draw out 
any pus or from the foot. Uh, so, so yes. So, uh, ambient text is, is vital. Um, Sounds quite all. clever. I think we're going to do a video soon on how to put the vet wrap round because I get asked so many questions. How do you do it properly? And to make sure, like you said, there's not too much pressure and you're not cutting off any blood flow and. And and for you that has done it over time and time and time again for years, you know, it's probably second nature, like putting on a plaster. For us that go into full-on meltdown where there's, when there's a little, you know, a little cut and we think, oh, we've got our first aid kit out and we have no idea what we're doing, even though we've been on a training course. It's just nice to have a little reminder, I think, of how to put it all together. Yeah, well, and it's really important and it's a real problem, I think, now, because originally you would have always travelled horses with bandages and stable bandages um, and even, you know, bandage to, to school horses, you know, like, so you would have had, uh, instead of having cross-country boots, you would have gone in, in a sort of bandage type thing. So, and tail bandages. And so now when we get um, students in and working pupils and things, you know, a lot of them have never put on a tail bandage or a, or a leg bandage of any sort. And it's, it's, it's a real skill and something that really everybody should know. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 like you say, if you get it wrong, you can do quite a lot of damage, even with a tail bandage. You know, we had a horse that came over from Ireland and somebody put a tail bandage on too tight, which then cut off the blood supply. So it got gangrene in its tail and luckily didn't lose its tail because the blood supply had been cut off all the way from Ireland to Scotland. Oh. And so you had this nice horse which left Ireland with a beautiful tail, nearly arrived here with no tail. So luckily we managed. So quite often if you see white marks in tails, that is because they've had a tail bandage on too tight. Um, so yeah, so it, it is a it is really important, um, and otherwise, yeah, and it means you can do a lot of your own first aid at home. Whereas quite a lot of the times, vets will be like, "I'll come and rebandage," and you're like, "No, no, it's really all right. I can rebandage." <laughs> but if you if you're not confident with your bandaging, you know, you can do it too tight, and then you get pressure sores. You can do it too loose, and it doesn't do its job. Mm. So yeah, it, it is it is a bit of a skill, but but generally, you know, if you've got a, got an abscess and um, and you put your animal index on. You know, slap on as much uh, tape around it as possible, and, and then that's um, yeah, hold, hold it. it in place. Hold, hold it in place. Yeah, <laughs> hold it in place, and then and then a bit of um, and then a nappy, and then a and then a bit of uh, uh, duct tape to finish off your creation, and it works pretty good. <laughs> but there are proper bandages that you don't need a nappy, surely. Do you use nappies yeah. often? Yeah, no. When it comes to abscesses, yes. So I use your poultice, which is your animal index. Then I put your equi wrap around that, which holds it in place, and then the nappy goes on on top of that, and then the duct tape on top of that, and that makes a very good, uh, yeah, poultice around the foot to get rid of any, um, yeah, abscess abscesses. See, that's really interesting. I saw a picture once of someone using a nappy, and I thought it was the husband that had got it wrong <laughs> and did it by accident. But actually, you you actually, I'd never heard of using nappies, but in you know, they sound like quite yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I, I'm not. You know what? I'm not even sure why the nappy goes on, which is really rubbish. But it is just part of the whole process. Yeah. I can't think what the what the reasoning is, but it's um, but it but it is a vital part to this poultice business. Um. <laughs> we'll all be going out and buying nappies, picking them in our yeah. first aid kit, and yeah. going, "Well, we just no, no, we need them." You know. Yeah, yeah, but but it, but it's but it is your animal index, which is your is your real kind of uh, that's the bit that draws out all the nasties, and that's that's what you really need. Mm. So um, that that is a real staple. So that that that's that's a must for your for your first aid kit. 
And then your other sponsor is Topspec. Now, they're already, they're well known for their range of feed balances and innovative horse feeds. So moving into the winter, your horses aren't uh, competing every weekend or every other weekend. They're still training, I'm presuming. But do you keep the feed the same throughout the winter or do you slightly alter it? We pretty much keep it the same because actually the, the horses are always in work, basically. So... I feed Top Chop Sport and Cool Condition Cubes, the uh, balancer and a bit of um, Speedy Beat, basically, to, to everything. And actually, their 1010 joint supplement. So that is basically our standard feed for, for everything. And then we just tweak it and move it around a little bit, depending on, um, on what we need. But so it, basically, the horses will be in work so that, so that they, they do keep their food up but I maybe just instead of giving them a full scoop I maybe give them three quarters of a scoop Mm. just kind of keep an eye on kind of their weight but in the winter you know they're cold it's colder so they're using energy from from that point of view and and we do do a lot of show jumping well you know they're kind of they still keep a program up and they show jump and things like that so they they still need top line condition and again if they don't come out of the winter with a lot of condition and top line you've got nothing to convert into muscle so Mm. so you know you do want them always looking looking good without getting fat um so that so that you've got something to convert into muscle um and you're not starting to lose condition so so basically we keep we keep them on a fairly regular kind of diet um and king ida he he's not very good he doesn't he's he's not a he's not a real piggy horse so he doesn't eat a massive amount so he gets he gets three feeds kind of continually because, again, I want to kind of get as much weight onto him over the winter as possible because you know that he's going to start eating. The, the closer to competitions he gets, the more, mm. yeah, he just loses a bit of his appetite. So you so you, you know that you've got to sort of, yeah, keep Get him. it on now. Yeah, get it, get as much on as possible. Um, and then, uh, you know, the sort of little ponyish ones, yeah, you, you, you cut them back a little bit. But mm. basically, basically we stick to we stick to the same routine most of the time seems seems to work (laughs) that's good to know because I always wonder whether you should just be adding in extra things like extra nutrients but ultimately we don't really change our diet much in the winter so I don't know why they should change theirs it makes sense to actually cut it back or just feed them a little bit more depending on on what they need um this is hard it's really hard Louisa because we're inundated with advice all the time and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and you know everyone's got their own opinion and um, every equestrian does it their own way and quite often their way is the right way and the only way um, <laughs> but it, it's not it's very horse dependent so I, I find it really interesting to hear what other people do to know because I haven't fed my horse uh, okay I'm going to be done for abusing him and neglecting him now <laughs> but all year because he's such a good doer um, but yeah. I, I now have come to the decision that I do need to be giving him nutrients um, and he will be fed throughout the winter. So uh, Top Spec will be happy because they also told me that I needed to give him balancer. Um, yeah, well, but then it's quite easy. You just give him balancer, which is very, you know, you're not then giving him, you're just giving him the nutrients. Their food's quite good like that. And that, that um, they have the balancer, which is just the nutrients. So if you do have a good do it, you don't need to give them a great big feed, which they don't need. You're mm. just giving them the nutrients. And it's only a small cup worth of, of food so it's not like yeah and then and then if you if they need more then you can give them the the cool condition cubes or or the high performance whatever and you can so so you can you can kind of tailor it so but actually you know we've got 
the two old horses that wander around the big fields um, and and yeah they didn't get fed all summer and they were just getting a little bit over the winter um because again they're you know they're happy they're looking well they're all good but yeah again it's but again it's a good sometimes it's just good because it give, means it's a reason to go and check them and mm. you go down and you have a routine and you see them and because again if you've got horses that are just turned out all year you know people if you're not going to feed them or check them that so so again it's you don't, but they look well they look kind of good so you can just take a little bit of the balancer and, and yeah and away you go perfect and then they feel loved as well don't they yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the only time they run and, to the gate yeah yeah no, we really like you <laughs> um, but but top spec have a really good helpline so they're really good you, you know like so we quite often ring them up and if we get a new one in we'll ring them up and you know just discuss them a little bit or or the King Ida one, which when he doesn't, he you know, he's not a big eater, and so they they it's really quite nice to be able to ring them up and just get a little extra kind of what can I give him because because he you know you, there's only so much food you can give them before it just starts going right through them and they're, they're really good at, at at just helping what what I can just tweak a little bit you know maybe put some oil in or something just to to kind of to give him more condition but without kind of bulk so mm-hmm. um yeah so they they really they 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 think well and they you know and, and they're not they'll, they'll tell you to use things that aren't necessarily totally their own product too if they think that's um going to help so so i think they're they've been great to work with because yes they they have the full range of products that work fantastically but they're not not frightened to suggest you know adding in oil or something else if they think that that that's what's needed but it'll work uh, yeah well so, louisa thank you so much it's been really interesting talking to you can we follow you on facebook or twitter uh, i am on i'm on facebook louisa Milgram venting and i am on instagram but i haven't really quite mastered instagram yet so um <laughs> So that that's I think Louisa A M H on Instagram, but yeah, no, I'm I do quite a little bit of updating on um on on Facebook on Louisa Milhuma Venting. So so yeah, so you can generally see what the what horses we've got and what they're doing and yeah, photos. So. We love to see photos. I think we were just addicted to them, aren't we? What, what was he doing? He's eating now. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> New rug change. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it, it's a little bad. You do you're kind of like how much is too much? Um, never, but, nothing. But, never, but, there's never too much because we but, love horses so much. We just want as many photos and videos as possible. Yeah, it, so, it does uh, get a bit addictive though, doesn't it? I find every time I go to the field now, I'm like, oh, I can't help but take a photo because I really love this, um, like documenting a journey. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I think one thing that's been good is my phone has um, pretty much gone on strike. So, um, so, so, so it doesn't really, it says it has no memory all the time and things. So, so, so I, so I can't take too many photos, which is probably just as well for everybody. Otherwise, yeah, you would be like, look, look how pretty it is. Look at this. Look how muddy it is. Look how wet it is. Um, so, um, so, but anyway, so generally you get some just nice pictures of them jumping and, and things like that. So, so yeah, so there's some good, good stuff on there. And, and then, yeah, little bits about my sponsors that we've got which are all fab so mm. so yeah it's good well thank you very very much um it's been really lovely talking to you and i hope you have a lovely winter and i'm already <laughs> looking forward to- <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing you next year already for the next season now fingers crossed cool cool good. all right then have okay. a good day louisa perfect. see you uh, okay perfect bye, bye. Right.
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can catch up with previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk and there's lots of education, advice and entertainment there too. If you head to our education hub, then any problems that you might have with your horse, you can tap into the search bar and there'll be an article there to advise you and help you. It could be veterinary advice, your horses might be struggling with um, putting on a bit too much weight at the moment or are they not putting on enough weight? whatever it is have a look at the education hub and if you're getting withdrawal symptoms because the competition season's over then check out some of our tips on training at home during the winter and look at all the old photos of the competitions of this year because it was a great season in every discipline there's so many photos to go through and i'm sure you've been really busy and haven't had time to catch up either so uh, if you get half an hour on your lunch break you can look through some pretty photos of horses i hope you have a really good week with your horse and i'll speak to you soon You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 